Have you ever thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. Well, happy hump day and welcome to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's a joy and pleasure to keep bringing you all of the topics that we bring. As a reminder, if you've not been to the site, go to the informationedge.net. That basically has advertisers, the blog. Yes, I know. I've got a lot of emails. I will update the blog this weekend. Our show topics, which are the core topics of the show. Doesn't mean we won't expand past that, but those are the core topics. Also, the government sites. This is a resource site for you to get you involved in the process. We've got the congressional sites for the House and the Senate, key federal government sites, state sites. If you live uh, in Alabama and you want to know, hey, I'd like to know who does my transportation committee for the state of Alabama, go to my site, go to that link, go down. It's going to take you to the basic conglomeration of committees that you can look up for both chambers. So it's for you. I've got my pending legislation site. And today I want you to go to that link and go down to the text for the American Jobs Act, because that's what we're going to be covering covering today. And I have a wonderfully special guest that's joining us, uh, Ms. Genevieve Collins, who is a former businesswoman. She's former candidate for Congressional District 32, might be again, we'll see. And currently she's working for Americans for Prosperity. She joins me on the line and we're going to do a deep dive and dissect this. Genevieve, how are you doing today? Hello, my friend. I am doing awesome. Awesome. I'm coming to you live from Austin, Texas in the state capitol right now. We are moving and shaking and making sure we're getting it done for Texans. So I am excited to be on your program and I'm very grateful for your friendship. Right. Likewise, it goes both ways. Plus, uh, you're just so much prettier than some of my other hosts. So it's 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 wonderful <laughs> to have you on there as well. I'll take uh, flattery will get you everywhere, Darren. You had went one direction as a congressional candidate, which is one set of issues, and now you're working with American Prosperity, and you're you're in Austin, so you're focusing on Texas issues at the moment. Correct. I am I, at this point in time. I'm working on uh, state issues, but. I've always got my eye on federal issues because Americans for Prosperity deals in both federal and state politics. So I'm not too far away from all the federal stuff because it's going to come down and hurt our state if we allow some, some things to pass. And uh, I'm actively fighting the good fight to uh, make sure Texans can still prosper. Well, and there's, there's quite a few bills that we have to bring people's attention on. I've covered quite a few on the show already. Today, we're going to dive into the American Jobs Act, which is a fancy name for the infrastructure bill. But then again, is it really an infrastructure bill? Now, have you had an opportunity to look this bill over? So, it technically isn't a bill yet. And I think that that's a common misconception, Darren, is that this is a plan uh, that the Biden administration has put out, but they haven't actually put put together a bill Um, What they have put forward is a plan that is a massive overreach of the federal government, um, but also terrifying in how it's baking in the PRO Act or how they're talking about baking in the PRO Act. So I've gotten a chance to review some of the talking points, um, but we haven't seen any actual language on paper yet. 
Okay. Well, what I've got pinned to the site is basically is the whitehouse.gov briefing room on this plan. And, and she's right. It's not a formal bill as of yet, but it's talking about now, folks, we've covered the pro act on this show as well as on the Friday show extensively. I will tell you right now, if you're following, uh, there's calls that need to be made. You've had Senator Joe Manchin, who I didn't think would sign off on it, has signed off to sponsor that bill. Uh, but you've still got Senators Mark Kelly, Senator uh, Kristen Sinema, and Senator Mark Warner, which are not signed off on the pro bill. And, and they need to be called and commended for their stance of not supporting that bill. Um, the bill has, that's, that, that will have a transformational effect on independent contractors throughout the country. It'll virtually wipe out the entire segment of independent contractors that do this in trucking. Yeah. And it's something that needs your support. So they're going to look to tie that in. They're going to look to tie in insurance in this bill. Um, why you know, what, what is insurance? What does that have to do with? Well, we're going to talk about that. One of the things that they're looking to do is raise the minimum limits um, that a registered authority or someone that trucks for authority, whether it's short mile, long mile, long haul, and over a certain weight limit, you have to be registered with the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. And those registrations have a minimum insurance limit of 750000 Most people have a million. Genevieve, what's, what's the word on the Hill, what, what they're wanting to take that to? I've heard $2 million, I've heard $4 million. It's all over the place. It is all over the place. Unfortunately, I don't have a number that I think uh, is firm enough to share anything, but just know that the goalposts are moving and this is a hard target to kind of find. Here's the problem for those that you're listening, you go, well, how does that impact me? I'm sitting here scratching my head and driving down the road, listening to it, picking my toenails, whatever you're doing. The American <laughs> I hope you aren't picking your toenails. Hey, you know, I, I, I don't show the bottom half of me for a reason. You know, you never know where my hands and feet are going to be. <laughs> we get an answer, we're going to take care of it. The American trucking sector has been under fire for several years, and the insurance that they pay right now on an average million-dollar limit policy, not including to cover what you would call comp and collision for your car or their cargo, can range on the low side of nine to ten thousand dollars to an average of fourteen to fifteen thousand per truck. And the problem is, is those rates are are still going up. And that's at a million. So let's say we extrapolate this and they go, okay, we now want everybody to carry 2 million limits. Um, it's not going to double premiums, but it's going to have a substantial impact in those premiums. Genevieve, what do you think that does to the American trucking sector? Well, I think that it's going to force a lot of people out and certainly going to raise prices. It's going to increase the insurance premiums, like you mentioned, and I think that it's going to hurt the smaller mom-and-pop type of trucking uh, companies that our country depends on. So this could be having real ramification to closing jobs and hurting the industry substantially. Yeah, there's two things out there that people really don't understand that could be transformation and not. The, the PRO Act is one, and this component of what's going to be proposed is infrastructure as another. Now, and going to whitehouse.gov, they've got that they're going to fix highways, rebuild bridges, upgrade ports, airports, and transit systems, which I'm all good with that. Um, I'm seeing that of a $2.2 to $2.5 trillion bill, roughly $621 billion of that could be for infrastructure. If that's where it stops, I'm good with that. 
I'm good with that because we need to have those things rebuilt. We need to have those highways and byways. Here's where I start getting a little iffy, okay? Next uh, bullet point, they have deliver clean drinking water, a renewed electrical grid, a high-speed broadband to all Americans. Now, I want to state, because there's somebody out there right now that's wigging out going, you mean you, you, you don't want clean water and blah, 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 and, you know, their head's exploding, and, and you got to put tape <laughs> around them and calm them down. That's not what we're saying. I, I want clean drinking water, okay? I'm yes. old enough. yes. I'm old enough to remember, I hate to say this, just because I look younger, I'm older than I look. Um, I remember when we had legitimate problems when you couldn't go into water because it was polluted and we cleaned it up. I don't want to go back to that. The question is, is who's responsible for that? That's a question. Uh, renewed electrical mm-hmm. grid. Here's my question. If the, why should we as taxpayers pay for an electrical grid when there are service providers that are going to charge us for it. Traditionally, he who brought the service paid to put it in. Isn't that what you were always taught? Absolutely. The problem, the, the problem on top of all of this is, you know, these providers, they're going to potentially get a government subsidy and then they're going to charge the consumer more for putting these products or for putting these, upgraded fiber optics or whatever you want to put in. So it's just going to, not only are our tax dollars going to go to pay for this, the companies will probably get a subsidy and then the taxpayer is going to be given a pass-through cost for all of this. So we're going to be hit twice, not just once with our tax dollars, but twice as they increase the costs for these services. I would rather them give them some type of tax incentive for installing, for example, they want broadband all Americans. Okay, that's great. Um, I don't know that I consider that infrastructure. I consider that a way that people are choosing to do business. I, I was around before the internet. We did business. We didn't stop. We didn't have to pay taxes. So those are things that I'd like to go through now. And then here's one. This is one. And we're going to be coming up on a break here in about two minutes. I don't think we're going to get through this. But this one is the one that is starts to concern me of federal overreach. And it's number three. It says build, preserve, and retrofit more than 2 million homes and commercial buildings, modernize our nation's schools and child care facilities, and upgrade veterans' hospitals and federal buildings. Now, Veterans, hospitals, and federal buildings, I have no problem with. That's federal. Every other one of those has never been a federal definition. And I'm concerned that if we allow that to happen, first off, how do you build, preserve, and retrofit more than 2 million homes? Does that mean that they just took... took I mean, Darren, at the end of the day, this is not a roads bill. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. there's a website www.notaroadsbill.com. Y'all should all go to it because what we consider is typical infrastructure, roads, bridges, water, parks, things of that nature. This is not modernizing our nation's schools and early learning facilities. It's not technically, I would would argue, infrastructure and what we're used to seeing it as. Um, And so, this is really the scary overreach is that it's it's looking at all all sectors of our of our many industries and saying, well, we're now going to start coming in, regulating, changing the way you do business, and you have to do it from the federal under the federal purview. 
That's right. Well, we're going to go come back and, and review that site for just a second. We're coming up against a hard break here. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. Our special guest today is Genevieve Collins with Americans for Prosperity. We're going to pay a few bills and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back. We've got Genevieve Collins from Americans for Prosperity, and we are talking about what is currently being proposed at the American Jobs Act of 2021 of the bullet points that will be sent over to the originate in the House. Uh, the Senate may come up with their version of it. We're already hearing the Republicans are trying to come up with a uh, opposition plan, which, you know, I mean, again, I'm not against infrastructure. Genevieve's not against infrastructure. We need infrastructure. No. OK, and, and you got to spend on it. OK, I, I, I think to fix a lot of the stuff's going to take seven, eight hundred billion, probably but could be a trillion dollars. It's been a long time. So I want to be sure that the listening audience understands that we're not anti-infrastructure. What we are Darren, talking about is, good is to, dissecting. Go ahead. Sorry, hon. Yes, you're right. No, I'm sorry to interrupt you. What I think is would be helpful for all of you listening is to understand how infrastructure is not necessarily something new. Now, back in 1998, the Clinton administration had a $217 billion for a transportation bill. In that $217 billion, there were 
basically almost 1,900 separate pork projects. And the timeline of infrastructure isn't just the Clinton administration. It's the Bush administration in 2005. Bush signed a $286 billion transportation bill. In 2009, President Obama signed a $831 billion bill, which you may all recall is the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act. Shovel ready, baby. Infrastructure. Exactly. Exactly. And then, you know, under the Trump administration, they talked about many trillion dollar proposals for infrastructure. We've been essentially talking about infrastructure for the last 20 years. So it feels like deja vu all over again, where if you're actually looking at the amount of money that has been spent in infrastructure over the last 20 years, we've already spent a trillion dollars in taxpayer money. More than that, close to two. Yeah, but think about, you know, how little actually went to infrastructure and how much was wasted, you know. And now we're hearing this all over again from the Biden administration that that after decades of divestment, our roads, our bridges, and water systems, they're crumbling. You know, our electric grid is vulnerable. Um, We lack too much, we lack access to affordable internet and quality housing. This plan is basically the exact same thing we've been hearing for the last 20 years. And we as taxpayers have already invested to what, to what gain we have invested over a trillion dollars. And what do we have to show for it? And now this administration wants to spend another two to potential $4 trillion. This is just a roadmap to higher taxes. Well, there's no question he's going to be raising taxes on corporations and on the wealthy to help pay for this. And what folks need to understand is when you when you have a tax increase that's designed to pay for stuff because they're saying that this will be fully funded in 15 years. Okay, let's 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 just we'll give them their kudos for a moment. But that means that those corporations are having to pay more in taxes. What do you think those corporations are going to do? Um, they're going to turn around and raise their prices because they they're, they're in business to make a profit. So to think that in the end the the U.S. consumer is not going to pay for this um, is dishonest at, at at every level, and that's what folks have to understand. My concern is with the way that the current leadership is in the Democrat Party is is they're talking about codifying certain aspects that have never been considered. We may there may have been. Uh, Port projects attached to bills, but now there's they're what they're wanting to do is redefine infrastructure. Okay. Correct. And by yes. redefining Kristen infrastructure, Gillibrand. yes, yes. When you codify that, okay, and that means we're talking about taking a statement and making it a, a law and policy, then what that does is that basically gives it a rubber stamp going forward for any administration, for any congressional uh people that are seated to simply use that definition to spend tax money. And that's the biggest issue I've got with this. When we talk about building, preserving, and retrofitting more than 2 million homes, does that mean you're going to come in and try to take the local zoning laws away from uh, your municipalities and counties? Because you're going to get a heck of a fight on that. Um, commercial buildings, the same thing. So why do we need to have those? And, and where is it the federal government's business to be doing that in the first place? I don't recall seeing that well, in the Constitution. And especially after what we have all lived through during this last year with this 
pandemic, we spent over $5 trillion in our, of our taxpayer money to fight this disease, fight this pandemic. And now you, now this administration wants to tack on another $2 trillion. I mean, this is, these are huge numbers. On my calculator, this is how simple I am, y'all. Um, I tried to type in tr- like $5 trillion, like $5 trillion. There wasn't enough room on the screen of my calculator to go to a trillion, dot, like a trillion number. And, and I think that we forget, you know, this is all money that our future generations are going to be paying for for a long period of time. And we can't just keep tacking on trillion dollar price tags to our to our to our fellow citizens that's not right especially when we have 20 years of not seeing the investment we've already put into our infrastructure that's a good point here's here's the next bullet point and this one's a little scary as well solidify the infrastructure of our, our care economy by creating jobs and raising wages and the benefits for essential home care workers now I'm not disagreeing with the statement in terms of you want to do some things for home care. That's a whole nother bill. That's a whole nother discussion. It's not part of American infrastructure. And this gets into what they're trying to redefine. The next bullet point they've got is revitalize manufacturing, secure U.S. supply chains, invest in R&D, and train Americans for jobs of the future. Okay, that's fine. The revitalizing manufacturing is taking place. What he's got to stop is the influx of foreign goods, which there's only one way to do that, and that's with tariffs, which we saw President Trump execute, I guess, masterfully. And it put at bay China and other companies from coming in. Now, here's the one, the next one that, and, and, and Genevieve, this is the one's going to kind of scare both of us. We, we know it a little bit. Create good quality jobs that pay prevailing wages in safe and healthy workplaces while ensuring workers have a free and fair choice to organize, join a union, and bargain collectively with their employers. Now, what's that code for? Unions. Unions. Okay. Now, I've said many times. Yes. Yeah, unionizing. Okay. I'm not an anti-union guy. Okay. Um, Neither is Genevieve. You want to go out and you want to do it, that's fine. The problem of what they're talking about here. Okay. Uh, even though they say have a free and fair choice, that's a load of horse manure because the PRO Act is specifically designed to eliminate uh, at will states, which are what currently 27. Am I right on that? There's, yes, you are. 27 yeah. right to work states. Yeah, which would eliminate the right to work state. So what we're talking about is an overnight process where everybody has to allow unions to come in, which may or may not be the right thing, but it it, it adds a layer of cost. Okay. It also changes the environment and how business operates. Now, Genevieve, you had your own business. What if the federal government came in and told you, you've got to unionize everybody in there. You don't have a choice. What are your response? What would have been? Well, Texas is a right to work state. This is one of the, this is why companies are moving to Texas left and right. You can talk to all of these California companies that are moving their headquarters. The fact that Texas is a right to work state is a phenomenal economic driver for our state. You know, and if we have, if we're, if the PRO Act makes harmful changes to our federal labor laws that would ban right to work laws, and that protect workers from being fired if they choose not to join and pay a union, 
It would also restrict a worker's ability to earn a living as an independent contractor. How many 1099 folks are listening to this program? If you are, raise your hand. You would be forced to go into a union and have to pay dues that, quite frankly, oftentimes you don't receive the benefit or reap the benefit of being part of that union. And it's an unnecessary financial penalty that, quite frankly, would bankrupt small businesses, among many other things. So as a business, you know, having worked in a small business, this is absolutely devastating to small businesses across Texas and across our nation. And we cannot allow the federal government to come into our state and force us to unionize. And it brings up a couple of uh, points. Number one, it, look, it's, it's, it's all great if, if, if there's a company that's willing to say, you know what, I don't care about the cost. Y'all can unionize. I'll do whatever it is because I want everybody happy. I think there's ways to do it without it. But let's just say someone did that. These assumptions are based upon um, something that no one's verified, no one's tested the market on, is that, that there will be employers out there, if you wipe out the independent contractors, to hire them back as employees. Right. That's a very well, big a assumption. More, and there's a lot of flexibility and freedom in being an independent contractor. There's great tax incentives to being an independent contractor. There's just great mobility um, and for your own personal life to be an independent contractor. So, you know, to, to sweeping say that every independent contractor is now going to go from a 1099 to a W-2 employee is just not what's actually best for a lot of workers. We want workers to have the choice of how they want to operate within our economy and then empower them to go do that. Well, and it's just, I think it's, it's, it's a fairy tale because the reality is if you force companies overnight to have to do union, I mean, it's again, if they want to opt in, that's great. But if you force it, I can tell you right now, they're going to look at what the cost is to the bottom line. Uh, it will cost jobs. And, and, you know, there's a lot of independent contractors that they'll be, they'll be broken destitute. The problem you've got with that yeah. PRO Act is that what really, and, and, and this is, this is a, an area that people really don't understand, there's already definitions out there by the IRS of what does and doesn't mean an independent contractor. Under the PRO Act, they're following California AB law, AB5 law, which has a prong that says, well, you can't do the same thing you know, that your independently contracted provider does. Well, guess what? That's what they do in trucking. So you're talking about wiping exactly. out potentially 350 to 500,000 jobs overnight with the stroke of a pen. You think it was bad with the Keystone XL pipeline. What do you put 300,000 plus truckers where they can't go out and effectively move your goods and services uh, we're talking about disaster here. All right, folks, we're up on a hard break here. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. You've got my special guest, Genevieve Collins from Americans for Prosperity. We're going to take a quick identification break, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back. As a reminder, this is a live show. Uh, you can call in, be a part of it, 866-472-5788. I know you guys listen because I get bombarded from your emails all the time, and I appreciate them. Um, most of the topics we cover on here. I did have someone, uh, when I did the announcement the other day, we're going to have Genevieve on. A question came out. I guess this was someone that was in your district. So, Genevieve, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and if you're uncomfortable, all right. go, <laughs> The inquiry came of um, were you would you be considering another congressional run in 2022 or beyond? Yes, as it pertains to the year, I do not know when I will run again, but I will absolutely run for office again. One hundred percent will be running at some point. Just need to, you know, I want to live a little bit of life. Uh, after the last year, but yeah. I want to go up and serve our great nation, and uh, and, I'm, and I'm trying to do that now in a different way with Americans for Prosperity, but the answer is yes, and okay. when, I do not know, but the answer is yes. Well, that's fantastic. That was Darlene from, uh, she was over, I guess she was, she told me, it was somewhere in Dallas, it was in the district there, and uh, I had a lot of people that were really happy that you were going to come on the program, and we're going to, let's take a little oh, side break for just a second. Friend. You had a you had a great uh, a great campaign. Um, what did you like most about the campaign, and what did you like the least about the campaign? Well, I liked least running for office during a global pandemic. Uh, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. Maybe, you know, it was not exactly. I would not recommend 
to you, anyone listening, uh, to choose to run during a global pandemic. However, you learn a lot, and uh, it was one of those moments where I just figured, Darren, you and I talked about it. Well, I'm just mm-hmm. going to go ahead and start acting like the congresswoman, and I'm going to serve my community the way that I best know how to. Right. So, um, so what I liked the most, you know, there's two things. First off, I loved meeting all of the people that I got to meet through this journey. My my community, our our town, our city. I just love it, and people are inherently good. I mean, really good people. So I love that. Um, I would also say this is going to may, may sound a little different, but the other thing that I loved about running for office is that you know when you are told you, uh, every day, I was having to defend my beliefs on why I believed on X, Y, Z on on a certain issue, and I think that so few people ever have the opportunity to really understand and internalize their belief system so that they know exactly what they believe and why. You know, it's a real gift to to know your principles and your values and how to fight for them. And I wish that more people had the opportunity to go through that internal exercise because it was awesome. That's fantastic. Well, that's good to hear on that. Getting back to what we're talking about today, which is going to be the uh, what they call the, the Jobs Act um, or uh, uh, trying to bring jobs in, they'll put it into a bill. We covered several portions of it. The next one, uh, Genevieve and I have talked about on uh, my Friday radio show, and it's a topic that, folks, it is transformational in terms of how you go about conducting your life behind the wheel of a car. And it's talking about creating good jobs, electrifying vehicles. Now, in my opinion, one of the key things that they're going to do, because there's a big chunk of money sitting out here to bring in, I think it's something over 400 million, um, and I don't know if this includes electric cars, but I think over clean energy, they got over 400 million in this budget. I have nothing wrong with clean energy. I don't have anything against electric cars. What I have a concern about is that the gavel has come down in judgment and that electric cars are considered the future. Um, hydrogen is being pushed out of the way for the most part, and I like the fact that hydrogen has a lot of people that put their own. The bigger issue is to do electric to do completely electric cars at this point, we're talking about having to generate double the power that we generate currently. And I have yet to have anybody come out and tell me a plan that can make that work. Have you heard one that will work, Genevieve? I have not. And in my point of view, and also Americans for Prosperity shares this view, is that we're for having a diversified energy portfolio, right? Texas has the largest diversified energy portfolio in the country uh, with wind and solar, uh, as well as, you know, natural gas and oil. Um, but there is not a plan to actually make this feasible where where our customers aren't, you know, taking all of the costs. You know, if you want to have electric cars, fine. Let the let the market dictate when electric cars are going to be out in the market. You know, GM came out what a couple of weeks ago, and they said all of their cars are going to be electric now. And you know, they've got GM and Porsche and Tesla and uh, Ford, and you've got all these different things. Well, let them be the market drivers, not the federal government. 
the free market should be the the, the key area where where our companies decide how to best meet the, the needs of the market, not the federal government. And if the federal government's going to require us to have electric cars, you're right, Darren. It's going to call, it's going to require two times the amount of energy to just charge that sucker bill, you know, and where are we going to get that energy from? And that well, oftentimes really does come from our oil and natural gas. Well, it has to. Now I had a gentleman on from ACOR, uh, which is a, they're not a government think tank, but they work hand in hand with the Department of Energy. And the gentleman that I had on, and this was back uh, during the holidays, this was after the election, um, basically said, and you don't hear anybody talk about this. He said, what they're going to have to do is they're going to they're going to have to have more nuclear. Now, I'm not an anti-nuclear guy. Yeah. Uh, we've got Comanche Peak where I'm at. It works well. But I also remember when Comanche Peak was being built, it was five years uh, overrun in terms of time, and it was dramatically overcost. I mean, it was just dramatically. Now, I was in the 80s. Um, there's new micro reactors that are coming out. The problem is I can't get anybody to come on the show and talk about it. I've called everybody that runs these micro reactors out there that are supposed to be the next wave of nuclear, because what I'd like to know is if it's going to be nuclear energy. Okay, great. How long is it going to take to build them? Uh, what size of application are you talking about? How much power do you think you can get? Oh, and by the way, what's it going to cost? But here's the thing that I don't know if, if everybody really understands and, and you got to pay very close attention to this and you got to go to the sites is nuclear is now being promoted as the carbon-free energy. Well, that's not true. I, 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 mean, I didn't say it was honest. I said that's how it's being promoted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything's a shell game, right? Uh, it, no. it is a shell game. Have you heard anything about that? I have not. I... I, I if I were to say anything here, it'd just be my, I'd be talking about something I don't know too terribly much of, but, you know, from everything that I can tell, whether you fire up a solar fa- solar panel farm or wind power or nuclear power, you have to use energy from, like, oil and natural gas to turn on those plants. So you're mm-hmm. never going to not have that sector be be a part of any part of re- the renewable. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And, and see, the, the thing is, that's an honest answer. The problem is, is the way and, and, and understand, I think people need to understand what this Jobs Act is being promoted at and what it'll actually become will be the introduction of of the Democrat Green New Deal. OK, because mm-hmm. you're going to see everything. If you look at the, you look at Secretary of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg, what does he talk about? Every time he opens his mouth, he talks about climate crisis. OK, and. That's the first thing out of his mouth. They're talking about climate justice, which, by the way, I'll, I want everybody to understand there's a report and I'm going to pin it to the website that came out a few weeks back from from NASA. And NASA's talking about our planet is probably as healthy as it's been in millions of years, growing more trees, greener, giving us more ab- ability to grow more food than we've ever been able to do in the history of the planet. So when you're told we have a climate crisis, you need to check that with actual facts. I haven't well, seen any evidence you know, to it. And when this came out from NASA, I went, hmm, that kind of 
supports what I've heard. What are you hearing? Well, I would just argue that the uh, this administration only wants to have the crises that they want. They don't care mm-hmm. about the humanitarian crisis at our border or the economic crisis that's going to ha- happen due to these massive spending bills. You know, they, they're only concerned with this climate crisis and um, and spurring on a racial crisis. And I don't think that that's I don't think that that's productive or right for our nation. Or the role you can't of choose government. your crisis. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I mean, I, I think we the problem we've got uh, that both Genevieve and I share on this bill is there's a lot of federal overreach. Okay, creating, for example, when it says creating electrifying uh, jobs, is that really the, the 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 role of the federal government, or is that the role of the private sector to go out and say, well, based upon responses and based upon what people want, we're seeing a demand for electric vehicles that will go through. And here's what people don't understand. The reason we're talking about spending a lot of money on infrastructure and highways and byways is the highway trust fund is effectively broke. Okay. And the highway trust fund is what, but basically puts and does those repairs. And we've not had a true increase from the federal government since 1993. And you do have vehicles like electric cars that aren't paying into this fund. So it's a double whammy, but it gets worse. Guess what? They're given a tax credit on when you go buy the cars. So that's two notches against the fund. So that's a problem that we have going forward with electric vehicles, which are a big part. Number one, does the federal government need to be dictating who makes those jobs as a private sector? Because these are very, very important uh, questions right here. And then number two, is this the right technology for the right time? In my opinion, I still think the verdict is out. Uh, Our jury is out. I don't think the verdict is in yet. And I think a lot of people are trying to push something that I think 10 years from now, 20 years from now, we're going to have a lot of problems. All right, folks, we need to take a quick break. You're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. My special guest is Genevieve Collins from Americans for Prosperity. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. 
Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge with Darren Yancey and my special guest, Genevieve Collins of Americans for Prosperity. We're going to cover one more little topic in this plan because there's really not enough time. This infrastructure bill, hopefully, um, or plan, as you guys have been hearing, it's really a $4 billion tax increase. And what is being baked into this plan is really scary. Um, from not only moving away from limited government, which is what I, I believe is the role of the government, but really looking at how does the government extend itself into every single type of industry? How does it redefine what we call infrastructure? How does it affect your ability to operate and work in a business based on how you want to, Um, i.e., you know, are you an independent contractor versus being a full-time unionized employee? You know, oftentimes these unions, they're far more hurtful than they are helpful, especially when it comes to your bottom line. And ultimately, as as the contractor, you're able to save your money instead of having to spend it uh, paying for a union that's really not going to be fighting for you, but fighting to protect their pensions and fighting to protect their beliefs, which often are just massive, sweeping liberal belief systems. I would just also say that this bill or this proposal, the American Jobs Act or whatever they're calling it, um, it's a $4 trillion bill, and we talked about the tax implications, but getting removing the 2017 Trump tax cuts is going to be remarkably harmful. Not only does the corporate tax rate go from 21% to 28%, that's going to, those costs are going to be passed through to the customer. That's what Darren and I were discussing earlier. And, you know, if we really want green energy, let us as the consumers, as the market, decide what that is and how we are going to implement it into our lives, into our homes, um, without having federal mandates. And I think at the, at the end of the day, that's really where we, where we all should be struggling with this. Yes, we're for renewable. We, most of us want renewable energy. Most of us want clean water. I'm sure everyone wants clean water. You know, after this pandemic, we all want you know, to make sure that our communities have access to uh, broadband, infra- broadband infrastructure. Those things make sense. But in this $4 trillion bill or proposal, only 6% of that plan is actual infrastructure. And if we're going to have to pay as taxpayers for a, another $4 trillion, 
I want to see more than 6% actually help my bottom line. And I want to see it on my roads, in my driveway, you know, and in my daily operating life. But I want to have the power to choose how that's going to be rolled out, not the federal government mandating it to me. Fantastic. Well, unfortunately, welcome back. You were talking. I got zapped out on the internet. (laughs) 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 And I I lost some of it. And and my my producer, being the keen wit that he is, says, hey, she's got this. We don't need you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're far more entertaining, but this is something I'm really passionate about. Hey, this is great. And I just appreciate you letting me talk. Tell us what Americans for Prosperity is doing, how you're helping, and how do the people, how can these people help right now? So Americans for Prosperity is the largest political grassroots organization in the country. Here in Texas, we blend policy, donors, and grassroots activists together to actually improve the lives of all Texans and reduce barriers to us living the lives that we want. From a federal standpoint, we are going to be fighting this infrastructure bill because, let's be honest, this is not a roads bill. No. Um, So I encourage you to go to that website, notaroadsbill.com. Join our movement because we need to both force this plan, whatever comes out of this plan into a bill, we need to collapse this bill and strip away the most destructive portions of it. You know, we, or, and we need to delay the passage of it as long as possible, make it politically unviable for folks, across, for our elected officials to support. You can join us online. You can join us making phone calls. You can join us knocking on doors. You can join us making videos. If you're an independent contractor, tag me. Uh, my hashtag on Twitter is GCollinsTX. Record a 90-second video of why you're an independent contractor. I want to, we want to accumulate your stories because at the end of the day, this shouldn't be Americans for Prosperity on this policy. It should be us as a nation saying, wait a second, we're the ones that should be defining and deciding how we're living our lives, not the federal government doing that for us. Um, you know, and I would also say, as it pertains to those in the trucking industry, there's a bill here in Texas that we're supporting. It's called HB 19. Darren, I'm sure you know all about this. Yep. But we we are fighting all of these. Uh, I call them uh, lawyer hawks who are going after major settlements in the trucking industry and really trying to bring some tort reform into that industry um, to make sure that our truckers they're still able to run because when they don't, neither does our country. So um, please follow me at at G Collins TX on Twitter at Genevieve Collins TX on Instagram. um, And then follow us at Americans for prosperity. It's at AFP TX and we'll fill you in on all the information, but we are going to activate and create a movement to ensure that, you know, this is this not a roads bill doesn't become a bill. Yeah, it's got to. Now, here's the thing. At this point, you're the, the, the committees, you're probably going to see this on. Again, you can go to my site, Congressional Sites. For the House, you're probably going to see this go to the House Committee on Transportation and Infrastructure. You can go to that link, find out who the subcommittees are, contact the specific congressmen and women on that. And by the way, when you contact them, and we really got to contact the Democrats, folks. Those are going to be with the deciding votes. 
Do not be hostile. Yeah, Colin Allred, my former opponent, Lizzie Fletcher, down in Houston. If yep. you're in Texas, y'all go call them. They need to know that this is not acceptable. That's right. That's right. Now, on the Senate side, that's probably going to come through on the Senate comment. Com- <laughs> get my mouth working. Senate Committee on Commerce, Science, and Transportation, because they'll go into dual houses. They'll come out with those bills. You can contact the senators on that. And she said, go to notaroadsbill.com to keep getting more information. You can go to mysideinformation.net. House Bill 19 is something that we'll be pinning on the site to go through. But the bottom line is, this is just this is re- trying to redefine inf- infrastructure. It's going to raise taxes, which means it's going to cost you more as a consumer. And these are things that we're simply trying to avoid. And the way that it's avoided is by letting you know what you can do to be a part of that. Uh, Genevieve, I want to tell you, we're, we're coming down to our final minute here. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Now, you're still coming to, uh, you're going to be on the Friday show on the 30th there in Arlington, correct? I will. You can't you're get gonna, rid of me. You're going to come in live, right? We're actually going to have you physically there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm? Physically there, in person. All right. And I'll announce more on that next week. So if anybody that's in the the North Texas area that wants to come by and witness that show, that's fine. Um, I got to tell you, Genevieve has been a fantastic person that we got to know over the past year. Uh, I'm sad that she didn't go to Congress, but I tell you what, with what she's doing with Americans for Prosperity right now, she's still in the mix. These are bills, folks, that you got to know about. And the problem is we don't have an honest press that's telling about those things. That's why you listen to this show. That's why you go to notaroadsbill.com. That's why you go to americanforprosperity.com. Make sure that you're involved. Make sure that you're letting your voice out. Genevieve, where are you going to be at this next week? I'm going to be in Austin the rest of this week. I'm interviewing Governor Abbott on Friday and a moderated conversation with a bunch of people that are moving their businesses from California here to Texas. We're going to try to indoctrinate them in the Texas way. Um, so they don't, you know, mess us up. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. And I'm in, I'm in Austin almost every single week, but in the meantime, next time I see you, I will have run a triathlon. So y'all be praying for me that I survive this thing on Saturday. I have not right. trained the way that I should have. So, Uh, y'all pray for me and, uh, I'll be seeing you on the other side. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to the information edge podcast with Darren Yancey, my special guest, Genevieve Collins from Americans for prosperity. We're going to let you go and we'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then. 